0: You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League,
1: powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Monday edition. We're breaking down everything from Sunday, week nine in the NFL. We'll do a little preview as well of Patriots Jets on Monday Night Football. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me. At WilliamsonNFL is where you can find Matt. A must follow. Tag us both for tomorrow's two-minute warning segment that we do on Tuesdays. We hit every division in the NFL for at least two minutes with your questions. But today, it's all about Sunday. What we saw in week nine around the NFL, Matt. I want to start with one of the games I got wrong. I got right in picking the Steelers. The Steelers still unbeaten now, and they did beat the Dallas Cowboys. 20, what was the final? 24-19, Big Ben, a little injury. I want to get your update there on how Big Ben is looking the morning after. If you have that information, as I know you are close to the Steelers, but they did not win by the 14 points that I had projected. So the Cowboys, for the first time in 2020, did cover. What did you see there uh, Sunday with the Steelers and Cowboys?
1: I think the team is optimistic about Ben's knee. I'll certainly know more during the week. He doesn't always practice on Wednesdays anyway, so Thursday is probably when we'll really know. But he finished the game. He actually kind of put the offense on his shoulders in the second half, and the Steelers didn't have a lead in this game until two minutes and 14 seconds left in the game. Uh, I I rarely use the term flat or things like that, but three straight road games after being up for – The Browns, Titans, and especially the Ravens, the last two on the road, it really showed with this team, especially in the trenches, offensive line, Steelers just gave up on the running game because it was going nowhere. And I want to give Dallas credit. I mean, I thought Gilbert played a very good game. And I thought about it after I stepped back from this game and my heart stopped pounding. Like, you play a game like that as Gilbert, you're probably pretty much assured to be a backup somewhere for the next five to eight years. And be a millionaire and hold a clipboard. And I thought Dallas came to play. The Steelers really didn't. And not they were lucky to get away with this win. I mean, they did win the turnover battle two nothing. They, they did get a benefit from a penalty or two, um, but they were much sure they were the better team.
0: Yeah, and to Gilbert's credit, he did something that neither Andy Dalton nor Ben DiNucci were able to do after Dak Prescott got hurt, and that was move the ball and yeah. and put up some points. And it looked a lot better, especially early, although the Steelers did come back and, and showed who they were in the second half, scoring 15 fourth-quarter points and were able to pick up that win, even if they didn't win by the two touchdowns projected by, by Vegas there.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're 8-0. I mean, it's, it's you're going to have some bumps. They're not always going to look wonderful. I'm sure when I get to my Steelers show here in a couple of hours, you know, the the city will be, oh my God, this team's a fraud, fire them all. <laughs> you know, but I mean <laughs> At eight and 0. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, you love that. At eight and no, yeah. people are like, Oh yeah, you know what? I don't know, but they, they did beat the the Cowboys by enough points. And right. it's such a storied matchup, too, with the Cowboys and the Steelers. And you would hope the the Cowboys would have been the Cowboys we thought coming into the year, this would have been much more of a marquee matchup, but good on the Steelers coming away. 8-0 and now halfway through their season. Let's check out some of these other games that we picked. We'll start with those games, then we'll get into the rest of the schedule. How about this one? We've got to talk about Patrick Mahomes, what he's doing right now. Uh, I loved what Andy Reid drew up there with the, the quarterback in motion. I, I'm not sure if I've ever seen a play quite like that. And, I mean, it's just a matter of time to be like, okay, we're putting running backs in motion, tight ends, wide receivers, putting them all in the wrong spots, sometimes putting other players at quarterback. Let's put our quarterback in motion and take the snap from motion. Then he doubles back the other way. Wings a sidearm touchdown pass uh, and the fastest quarterback ever now to 100 touchdown passes for the Kansas City Chiefs as they were victorious uh, as expected, but not by a lot. This is one of the really there was a lot of really good games actually Sunday and the Panthers put up a fight. 33-31 Chiefs over Panthers. Yeah,
1: and I think rightfully so. We're going to start hearing Mahomes' name right there with Russell Wilson for MVP. And we'll get to Wilson's game here in a bit. Um, The Chiefs are rolling. They're number one on my my power ranks, even though they didn't beat the mediocre team by enough. I'm sure there's some of that in that city as well. But I think the Panthers are maybe more of the story. I mean, they held the Chiefs to just 30 yards on the ground. Um, The Panthers held the ball for over 38 minutes in this game. Um, I mean, they, they did hurt themselves, you know, with turnovers and penalties and whatnot. But, um, McCaffrey came back and this offense moved the ball I mean, 435 yards. And one other Chiefs note I wanted to make, I'm a little worried about or just something to keep an eye on. Their O line, and this kind of goes to the Steelers too, as two of the top teams in the league, is looking a little suspect right now. Some injuries for
0: them. How about this statistic, Matt? This one blows me away. The number of career interceptions when quarterbacks threw their 100th touchdown pass. Patrick Mahomes, the fastest ever there. We've been keeping track on this podcast a lot of how his young career has compared statistically to the young Dan Marino career, which was off the charts at the time, what he was doing production-wise in yards and touchdowns as a young player. Dan Marino had 44 interceptions when he threw his 100th touchdown pass. John Elway, ninety-five interceptions when he threw his one hundredth touchdown wow. pass. Both Mannings are second and third on this list. By the way, uh, Elway's the most as, as far as the the big name quarterbacks that I'm seeing on this list. That was tweeted out by Ly- uh, Ryan Landreth, and uh, who was a blogger. And so then it's both Mannings. Jameis Winston, sixty-eight. So uh, John Elway had almost thirty more picks than even Jameis Winston. And we know yeah. how much uh, Jamin Winston, J- Jameis Winston likes to throw the ball to the other team. Aaron Rodgers, who has been one of the players that's been the most, uh, the most efficient with his touchdown to interception ratio throughout his career, he had thirty-four, which is one of the lowest of the big-name quarterbacks. I think, uh, I think Russell Wilson was in the, the a same area, although it took him longer to get to those hundred touchdown passes. Patrick Mahomes, nineteen interceptions when he threw his hundredth wow. touchdown pass. I mean, that blows me away.
1: And they're not thinking and dunking; they're driving no. the ball down the field. He puts the ball in harm's way. He's not conservative. Wow. I mean, you mentioned Rodgers, and that's something I always said about Rodgers. When I was compared Rodgers to other Hall of Fame all-time great quarterbacks, I said, Rodgers' highlight tape is as good as any, and his low-light tape is better than any. And Mahomes is actually in that same mold, which is just so rare.
0: Absolutely. I want to talk about a game that you got wrong, Matt, that Action Network got wrong, Matt, and that nobody really saw coming, even though the, Bells, or the, the Bills were a very good team coming into the year at 6-2, and two, beating the Seattle Seahawks, who fall to 6-2. and two. Bills now 7-2, 44-34. I thought maybe the Seahawks' defense had turned a corner, beating the 49ers last week, but the Bills said, uh, no dice, we can't even run the ball, but we're going to chuck it all over the field. Challen 400 passing yards, three touchdowns. I mean, this was... This is like, again, this is the way I came out a couple weeks ago with the Seahawks game thinking, okay, that defense is going to be a problem for them. And maybe maybe it's not. And seeing them play another good team is like, oh, maybe it is actually still going to be a big problem for the Seahawks. 44-34, the Bills beating Seattle.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't see this coming. I think it's eye opening in the Bills favor. We mentioned Mahomes and Rodgers and their career and their TD to interception ratio. And Wilson's in that league, too, of just amazing highs, very few lows. But this is two weeks in a row where turnovers have hurt his team. And, you know, it's just something to be aware of. I'm not the slightest bit worried about Wilson, don't get me wrong. And I actually thought Josh Allen flat out outplayed him in this game. And he looked like probably his best game of the year, which really says something for how well he started the season. I think it's pretty obvious that, John Brown, you wouldn't think John Brown's that big a deal, but just having a legit number two opposite digs really opens things up for Allen in this passing game, getting those two both right.
0: And the Bills can play some defense, obviously. Uh, they did give up 34 points in this game, but when Josh it's Allen the best their defense clicking, has
1: played in a while.
0: Yeah, and yeah. when you see Josh Allen clicking, it's a scary team. And th- there's a lot of teams right now in the NFL where when things are clicking, it's like, oh man, that team looks ridiculously good and and maybe they can beat just about anybody. And I think the bills are one of those teams, even though maybe I haven't given them enough credit when you see them go against a team that's had a powerhouse offense all year and has a defense that can be exposed to see the bills expose that I think is, is pretty, a pretty good sign for the bills going forward.
1: Yeah, without question. I mean, I think they're, that was a statement game. I think they're a contender where I thought they were probably a tier below that before this game. I know it's just one game, but still, Um, The defense stepping up, I think, says a lot against a really difficult opponent.
0: All right. We've got more games coming up to cover from Sunday, and we'll take a peek and make our picks for Monday Night Football as well coming up on Peacock and Williamson. Echelon brings connected fitness at an affordable price, an arsenal of high-tech fitness products that anyone can afford. Bikes, rowers, the new Stride treadmill, so many affordable choices to get you fit this winter. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as hitting those fitness goals. The accomplishment, feeling great about yourself and Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of home. World-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes always available when you need them. And unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try Echelon Fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com NFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL. All right, Matt, let's check back in on some of our picks we made in our Sunday six pack. And by the way, if anybody out there is wondering why it might sound a little bit different today, hopefully there are no hiccups here and the Internet is working good. I'm actually on vacation. I've got a beautiful view of Lake Tahoe and snowy mountains doing some celebrating with my wife. It's her birthday and our anniversary all in the same week. So we decided to take a trip. And it's sort of a business trip for me. I'm having a tough time, though, not looking at this beautiful view and paying attention to this conversation and paying attention (laughs) to some of the games that happened on Sunday. And I sent you a photo, Matt, of my view. So uh, if there's any hiccups and you hear any funky stuff it sounds a little bit different, that is why. But I'm still here to work for the rest of this podcast. So I just wanted to put that out there for any listeners to think it might sound a little bit different today. I'm, I'm on my mobile podcast setup.
1: Well, congrats to you and your wife. You're doing it right from the picture you sent. And Thank you. the little I know about Lake Tahoe, which all comes from Godfather 2, is, is is fine. It looks like an <laughs> awesome spot to me no matter what time of year. I'm going to have to get there at some point before I, uh, I can't enjoy it anymore because it looks amazing. It You like, oh, guys are having a
0: blast. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great in the summertime. Awesome in the winter. It's so beautiful. There's skiing. And then there's the state line in Nevada right there. So there's casinos. You can go gambling. Uh, I've played craps with John Smoltz. In the summertime, they have this uh, Edgewood, which is actually the resort I'm staying at. I did not pay full price, by the way, because I'm not that much of a high roller. I'm, I'm, at a very, <laughs> I'm over my head in a fancy location right now. But at Edgewood, they have this Pro-Am golf tournament it attracts everybody and steph curry is always here and michael jordan i saw i didn't have the cash but i saw michael jordan and emmett smith at the blackjack high rollers table me and my friends couldn't come up with enough cash to go try to play a few hands with those guys but i did play craps with john smoltz a man of the people and and rub elbows with some famous folks sat at the bar next to chip kelly so it's it's That's really awesome. cool in lake tahoe yeah you got to get up here sometime even if it's not for the am. there's there's a little something for everybody in lake tahoe but enough of that let's talk football Uh, I want to get to the game where I think we all got this one correct and this was the Titans handling their business at home beating the Bears 24-17 Titans improving to six and two Bears falling to five and four they did make a little comeback all 17 of their points in the fourth quarter what were your takeaways with this game
1: Tennessee's weird in terms of if you just look at their box scores they, they don't always tell you the way the games went you know like they only produced 20, 228 yards of offense and uh, they won the turnover battle but lost the time of possession battle again, even though Derrick Henry was quite effective. And the Bears, I mean, they put up numbers on offense, but they were very hollow numbers. I mean, the Bears' offense is really, really bad and it struggles the quarterback position, the O line position, and their defense can only do so much and keep things close. But I think the Bears more and more are who we thought they were as a middling team, maybe a below average team. They're now five and three. Um, Tennessee. This is another big game in the AFC. This to show that it's not just Steelers, Ravens, Chiefs that the Bills, the Titans, some of these other teams are you know certainly contenders.
0: Right. And I think you could put the Titans in that same boat as the Bills when they're clicking and it's on. They can beat anybody, but you want to see that consistency and, and you want to see them beat some good teams with good records. And we saw that from both of those teams this week. Yeah, without question. Let's take a look at. Whoa. And thank goodness I made that last minute change of games uh on our sunday (laughs) six-pack i went i went raiders last minute over the chargers and that looked very good compared to the game i was going to take the buccaneers over the saints we'll get to that game next but but uh the raiders did beat the chargers 31 26 justin herbert slinging the rock all around 326 passing yards a couple of touchdowns uh got dinged up a little bit in that game left very shortly tyrod taylor came in but Good news was Herbert came back on the field and, and looked good and, and was okay. But uh, it, it's classic Chargers, and this is why I picked this game because it was an even pick, and I'm thinking, no, the Raiders need to get points here because they're a better team. And the Chargers always find late ways to lose, even when their quarterback's throwing for 300 yards.
1: Yeah, and I have to give the Raiders credit. You know, I mean, they have some very nice wins, a pretty darn good resume at this stage of the game. I think Carr's playing well. I know he didn't put up huge numbers, but they ran the ball really well. They controlled the clock. I don't love their defense, but the Raiders are a very deserved 5-3. and three. I don't know what to even say about the Chargers anymore. I mean, every week – It's another insane way of losing a football game. This one comes down to the ref's decision with no time on the clock. Could have went either way. I kind of thought the Chargers were going to win it on that touchdown. Didn't go that way in the ref's eyes. They have this amazing quarterback, and they have two wins. I I mean, they just find ways to lose over and over and over. And, And I heard something today that, and this isn't surprising, but all of Anthony Lynn's losses as a Charger, like 85% of them are one score games. It's it's crazy.
0: Yeah. And we had talked about this last year and, and I think, I think you were putting a little bit more of it on Philip rivers. And now that we're seeing it happen again, I think it's clear. You've got to start pointing your finger a little bit at the coaching staff, right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think there are some trends in that when they're leading, they get a little too, they get way too conservative with their play calls. You know, we're just going to run it on first and second down eat clock. Like, the league isn't built like that anymore, and I think some of it's time time and clock management. Some of me wonders if there's a curse from above because it's just every week; <laughs> it's crazy.
0: The final game that you got correct, we both were two and one this week, so four out of six games for us, Matt. Good stuff in the money there for Peacock and Williamson. Again, we'll talk a little bit more about how uh, the Action Network did, and they did very well. So uh, we're we're still staying on staying on the plus side of things as far as our Six packs go. You had the Giants over Washington and they held serve there, winning by three points 23 to 20. Alex Smith making another appearance and actually throwing for 325 yards to try to bring that Washington team back.
1: Yeah. And unfortunately, I mean, we saw another gruesome quarterback injury. Kyle Allen's foot went the wrong way and he's out for the year, if not longer. Who knows? I mean, that's really rough. And Alex Smith came in. And he moved the football at the end. It looked like his stat line was pretty good, but he threw a lot, a lot of short throws. I mean, not difficult throws at all. Um, They lost the turnover battle five to nothing, or the giants won the turnover battle five to nothing. And I give Jones credit. I mean, he's the turnover machine. Didn't turn the ball over. Um, Washington turned the ball over five times. And, what was as usual a pretty even game what's crazy though is like if you look at daniel jones win loss records and i'm not the biggest quarterback win loss record like all his wins are against washington he's <laughs> like beating nobody else it's so bad
0: <laughs> that's a good point we talked yeah. about how bad the the east is right now and yep. if those are the only teams you're beating that's probably not a great sign and it's no. not a great sign for the Giants if they're plus five in turnovers and they still almost end up uh, losing that game at the end. Right. And they jumped out to a big lead and, and almost couldn't hold it. So, um, and you're right. I think these are
1: pretty good though. I, I, I think that's why, are okay.
0: yeah. That's why I picked Washington in this game because I believe in when you have strength in your defensive line, which Washington does, you can cause problems for a lot of teams, especially a turnover-prone quarterback. And uh, to Jones's credit, he did not turn the ball over, so uh, good on him. But uh, you know, one of those matchups that I think we don't need to talk too much more you know,
1: about has some draft ramifications.
0: Yes, absolute draft placement ramifications there. So a win might be a loss for the Giants, jumping up to 2-7 and now, depending on if they want to go with Jones long-term. Alex Smith, captain check down, as you mentioned, but always nice to see him back on the field. Terry McLaurin going big, though. Seven catches, 115, and a touchdown for your fantasy teams. Uh, I talked a little bit about one game earlier, and it was the the night game. And I want to talk about this one right now because, and look, the Buccaneers did get on the board, but oh my goodness, the Saints was this one sided going into Tampa and beating the Bucks thirty eight to three.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it, it looked like oh, maybe the biggest stories of the weeks are the Chiefs and Steelers almost got upset, you know, by clearly inferior teams. This was the story of the week. I mean, this was, I picked the Bucks to win. I put my own hard-earned money on it, minus four and a half. Thought, boy, AB coming into this mix. I like Brady a little more than Breeze. I don't know what else to th- add to this in terms of an analysis standpoint, but it was as big a beatdown as you ever could see. I mean, in all facets, in all areas, the Saints just crushed them. And I moved the Saints up to second in my power ranks ahead of the Steelers after that performance.
0: And every every time the the network showed a statistic about Tom Brady, it was like, this is the worst Tom Brady's ever done. This the most three. Yeah, outs, Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, you know, the, and it was like, wow, OK, this and look, they added Antonio Brown. And so that's the big question that's going to start to come up. You add Antonio Brown the first week he steps foot on the field. And all of a sudden your team is garbage. <laughs> right. I mean, and obviously I don't it think might it, be a it's little really harsh. Worse. It doesn't tra- correlate like that, but a lot of people are looking at this team like, "Oh my gosh, Brady's washed." The Tampa Bay Bucks were a fraud, and now this is the New Orleans Saints we all thought we were going to see all year.
1: And the Bucks, I think, set a record for rushing attempts in this game. <laughs> it, it, I mean, they were losing from the beginning. It's not super shocking, but they really four unbelievable. times. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to five
0: do. five if you include Blaine Gabbert got credit for negative oh, one yards. Uh, okay. Yeah, so uh, that was. <laughs> That is that is pretty nuts, just from yeah. just from jump. I mean, the Saints were all over the Buccaneers, and uh, they've got the greatest of all time back there throwing the ball to an absurd group of wide receivers, and they could not come back in that game. So I think it was a, a wake-up call for that Saints secondary we've talked about that's way too talented, that needed to play better, and they absolutely answered the call in this game. And, and, and they absolutely... Yeah, go ahead.
1: Go, sorry, I would say the Saints have won five in a row. They they have two wins over the Bucks. I mean, the division's really theirs. They just get Michael Thomas back. They trade for Quan Alexander, who's going to be still in the mix. And the defense is starting to get healthy. It's like, okay, these are the Saints that we looked at in the preseason as a powerhouse.
0: I do want to call out just a bad – the game was out of hand anyway, but the four-down series in the red zone where they threw two fades to to Mike Evans. And it's like after the first fade, it was weird. And Evans came up hurt earlier, I think, on that same drive. And it was a bad attempt. And then they went back to it again on fourth down. It was like, what are you guys yeah. doing? Stop with the – and it's almost like, okay, well – and then the running play wasn't to Fournette. It was to Ronald Jones. It's like, what are you doing in the red zone there? Four down territory. You throw two fades, which analytics people hate. The fade in the, the red zone fade anyway. Uh, I I just really hated that whole series there of plays and play calls. And it just it just kind of – in one series, it was – Microcosm, what? yeah, yeah. A microcosm. That's a, that's a good word for it. A microcosm of what the Buccaneers were Sunday night.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if a Mike Evans out of the slot is where he belongs either. You know, like he looks like lumber. He's not quick. You know, he's been so good right. outside the numbers his whole career. I, I don't like that little experiment either. But I don't know what to think of the Bucks. I, I, I'm still really high on him, I guess. But I'm really high on the Saints. That was an annihilation.
0: That was great sign for the Saints for Breeze to come out there and throw four touchdown passes when he's taken on uh, that Buccaneers team, the division rival and head to head with Tom Brady. That was a big one. Uh, There were some really fun games on Sunday, including Dolphins Cardinals. This one was really fun. Back and forth, the young quarterbacks getting it done. They unleashed a little bit. They unleashed. Tua Tagovailoa. So that was really fun to see. And the Dolphins came away on top. The field goal fell short for the Cardinals to tie it up in the fourth quarter. 34-31. Dolphins came away ahead. Dolphins now 5-3, and three, Matt.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, this is a really fun game. I think there were some reservations after Tua's first game. Yeah, you won, but you got a defensive score and a special team score, and you're through for like 90 yards. I thought he was really good in this game. He looked very poised, crisp accurate with the football, no help at all from their running game. I mean, that Dolphins running game is a, a massive problem, but they're still putting up points. They did get another defensive score in this game, and to me that might have been the difference between winning or losing. Seem like two very, you know, evenly matched teams. Kyler Murray seems to keep getting better getting Christian Kirk more involved. It was a really good matchup between Xavier Howard and DeAndre Hopkins. And if you just kind of look at the box score, you'd be like, oh, it looks like Howard kind of had his way with them, sort of. But I think there were three long pass interference calls, too, that Hopkins drew that um, don't think all of a sudden Hopkins can't get it done.
0: Kyler Murray, man, just he threw some ridiculous balls in that game. And then there's those plays where he gets loose when he's carrying the ball and he hides it really well. And you playing a lot of man coverage on defense if you're the Dolphins and all of a sudden you're like, wait, where's the ball? And it's like, that little sucker's got the ball again. And the way all he's moving right, in he of traffic. Uh, it's got to be so well, frustrating you. playing against Kyler Murray and seeing his development as a passer and then throwing some of those passes. He did a couple to Christian Kirk. Uh, that, that was fun football to watch. And uh, I'm still a big believer of two. I, I like the way he played in his second start.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. It was a fun game. I would like to see this won 10 times. It might be
0: 5-5. You know how much I love Built Bars. We've talked about them for a while on the show. And if you want the opportunity to buy a box of Built Bars for 20% off, well, I've got a deal for you. And they have a ton of new flavors of Built Bars as well. To go along with their 12 original flavors. Bars are covered in delicious 100% real chocolate, not some brown-colored sugary substance. This is legit chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious folks out there if you're trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Bars are low in calories, low sugar, high in protein, high fiber, even great for keto diets. You go with the new cookies and cream flavor, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and 4 grams of sugar. One of my favorite flavors is the peanut butter. 19 grams of protein in that one, only 5 grams of sugar. So go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. The Broncos fell short against the Falcons 34 27. Atlanta wins this one. But Matt, I want to say we predicted the Jerry Judy breakout and i think we're starting to see it now seven catches for 125 in the touchdown uh, the ball needs to be going his way a lot and it was another comeback attempt for drew Locke and the broncos this time they weren't able to pull it off
1: yeah and i was happy about the judy thing they're they're putting hamler in the slot now that he's healthy and bumping judy outside and he's excelling and i keep picturing what would a healthy fant and a healthy sutton look like you know with the, those four out there could really be something um mixed feelings still on Locke. I know he put up numbers and he really does battle and again, brought this team back sort of in garbage time, but really made it very interesting at the end. But, you know, I thought this was a good matchup for Locke too, because it's very predictable defenses mentioned that on Friday. I think we got to give a shout out to the Falcons though. I mean, they make a coaching change and they've won three of their last four and the game they lost is the one that Gurley, couldn't stay out of the end zone and you know yeah. that crazy game they lost by one point and didn't have Calvin Ridley in this game. I, I think Atlanta's defense is playing a little bit better. Like I moved them all the way up to like fifteen in my power ranks. Like they're they're pretty good right now. I mean I'm only caring about how they're playing right now.
0: And Zacchaeus can can ball a yeah. wide receiver maybe Matt Ryan doesn't get enough credit for being a wide receiver maker because uh, there's always wide receivers balling out no matter who's hurt in that Atlanta off- offense ever since he's, he's been their quarterback.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, and again, no Ridley. Uh, Hayden Hurst has been a pretty stable guy for them, too. They're not easy to play.
0: We've got to keep this rolling. Not a lot of time left here, Matt, in a game that probably deserved higher billing in this podcast, which was a good one, but it was the Ravens, and really this game uh, wasn't close. They held the – Colts scoreless in the second half, 24-10. Ravens beating the Indianapolis Colts. Ravens now 6-2. and
1: Yeah, and the second half really did seem like it belonged to the Ravens. Um, It was very – offense was really hard to come by early on this game. I made a note that Phillip Rivers completed passes to nine different receivers, and usually that's a positive, but in this case – I think they're really stretching, as they were a year ago, to find a one or even a two. You know, they just don't have anybody that really scares you. Again, Wilkins was the better player than Taylor. I think that's a little bit concerning. Uh, I, I thought that um, Lamar opened it up a little bit more, though, and he's he's been running quite a bit the last two weeks. They had a lot of COVID I- issues and whatnot, but had a really strong second half. So good win by the Ravens. Keep pacing the AFC.
0: Don't look now. Here come the surging Minnesota Vikings, three and five on the season. They beat the NFC North rival Detroit Lions, who are also now three and five, 34 to 20. What what are your vibes on these two teams? I, I think they're both obviously out of it, but every once in a while, each one of these teams will show you something You're like oh, this team could be pretty good if you squint a little bit.
1: Right. And. This sounds rough because I think one of them is pretty well coached and the other one isn't. And their seasons are basically shot and they're pretty much at the same point of the season and in the same division. But Minnesota's trending very much the right way and are playing hard. And not that Detroit isn't, but are not trending the right way. And I I don't know how you bring this game up without mentioning Dalvin Cook. I mean, holy cow. I mean, the offense averaged 8.9 yards per play, which is just a massive number. And it's all on his back. I mean, he's like the best player in the league right now.
0: With all the Stafford stuff and the COVID recently and just the way this team is trending and just the way they've played the entire Stafford career, is it time? Like, Can we please just see Stafford somewhere else just to see what it looks like?
1: I would be highly interested in that. You know, if Brady or Ben or Rivers or somebody like that retires, he'd be an obvious guy to fall into the spot on a decent organization. I think he's one of the more criminally underrated players of our generation that has been swimming upstream. But this wasn't his best day either. He also didn't practice all week. It's just always something. It's a, it's a shame.
0: Both of the Miami Dolphins first round draft picks got a little bit later, Matt, after they won and the Houston Texans were victorious over the Jaguars 27-25. Texans now 2 and 6 on the year, the Jags 1. And seven, the Texans were favored by, what, seven points in this game, right? So uh, yeah. the Jags did cover, and, and they they kept it close. DJ Chark going for 146 yards in a score, which is good for people that were starting him in a fantasy team. So Jake Luton, 304 yards passing, did have his one touchdown pass to DJ Chark, so he didn't ruin everybody's fantasy week by changing quarterbacks there in Jacksonville.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's easy to kind of brush this one off, but there were some big plays. I mean, right off the bat, Luton hits Chark for like a 73-yarder. And then Watson comes back and hits Cook for a long one. Will Fuller, I think, has scored a touchdown in like six straight games, five or six straight games. Nobody's talking about that. But, you know, this this Texans offense is dynamic. Watson's quietly playing better than he ever has all, in his career, in my opinion, without much around him, no ground game. David Johnson got hurt, but they don't run the ball well at all. It was a pretty close game, and I thought Luton, Jake Luton played pretty well overall. Threw the ball downfield more than Minshew does, does, at least in this game. But, yeah, he had nothing to lose.
0: By the way, Matt, and I don't think we talked about this note with Will Fuller before we get to Monday Night Football, that the Packers and the Texans had a deal in place, but it was a long-term contract that was the holdup in this. Oh, and apparently Fuller's people wanted big money, like more than more than Devontae Adams-type money. And that was the thing that actually broke this deal – at the end, and I talked to somebody else who works in the league that said maybe Phil Fuller's worth it because as good as Deshaun Watson is, he thinks that that would have been just a stupid combination to put Will Fuller with Aaron Rodgers. But, I mean, I can't go that far to say that that Fuller should have gone that far. And if that was the deal breaker, I start to understand why Fuller's not right now on the Packers.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's a lot of money from the way you described it. But, I mean, this is such a fantasy nugget every summer. When Fuller's in the game, Watson puts up the most points of anyone in the league. You know, like, it's right. not an accident. And I know we laugh at Bill O'Brien, but I think a big reason he traded Hopkins was he knew, knows that Fuller is a great player. There's just a massive negative with the guy. is he, he misses time every year, and he's, you know, a thinner, more fragile, you know, Ferrari that, you know, it gets beat up a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's well put. So uh, there's just a little added intrigue there why Fuller is not currently a Packer and didn't get dealt at the trade deadline. We'll see what happens there. Uh, an interesting offseason to come for the Houston Texans. Monday Night Football, Matt, we've got the 2-5 and five Patriots at the 0-8 Jets. The, the Patriots line is moving, and it looks like money's still coming in on the Pats. It's grown to 10 points now that New England is favored, but the over-under is only 42 points. What are your thoughts on this matchup Monday night?
1: Well, I mean, this is a little bit of bring it back home to the Steelers and just saying, boy, they're going to beat the Cowboys by a million. And if you look at the teams at the bottom of all power ranks, the Cowboys, the Jags, Washington, the Giants, Houston, and I realize two of those teams, two of those games were against each other. Teams just aren't terrible in this league, is my point. is There is more pride. These teams work. Teams actually do get better through the course of the year. You can laugh at Adam Gase, but he's an NFL coach, and they don't just get beat by 40 for 16 games in a row. So it's not how a league works. So maybe they can hang with a team that I think is really light on talent. And, of course, I'm going to take the Patriots to win. But I can't say I'm looking forward to this game by <laughs> by Monday night standards <laughs> at all. Um and it'll worry me a little if New England doesn't have their way with them, but I, I think New England's a bottom third of the league type team too. And yeah, I, I think the Jets might show some life. Is all I'm saying. Monday night pride against the, you know, a big time franchise that's had your number forever. This might be the Jets' best performance.
0: And the Patriots already have ruled out Stephon Gilmore, so his knee injury mm-hmm. is going to hold him out there. Which means maybe I mean, and and if there's something to tune in for. We talked a little bit about Stafford, man. Let's see him somewhere else and see what that looks like. I'm I'm in the same way with Sam Darnold. I really want to see him out of there. And I think the Jets are going to have to go in a different direction, especially if we get that number one overall pick. That's just the way that it has to go for them. And maybe Darnold can get resurrected somewhere else. And I want to see that Darnold to Denzel Mims connection grow a little bit in the second half of the year here. And there's no Stephon Gilmore. So maybe there's some opportunity there. Can they keep it within 10 points? I think they probably can, but you've got to pick Pat's. Straight up in this yeah. one. Absolutely. And and the over under, I think that's about right. It's, it's probably going to be one of those games where there's like one touchdown and, and seven field goals.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just seems like the closest thing to the Jets Super Bowl this year. All eyes will be on them. It's against the best franchise of the 2000s. I think they're going to bring their A game, which is most teams C minus game.
0: Good stuff, Matt. We're out of time here. It's time for me to go play in the snow with my son. Yeah, he's bundled up. He can barely move. He's got so much uh, coats and layers on right now. We're (laughs) going to go play in the snow a little bit. Exactly. We'll be back in our regular studio location tomorrow. And we'll have our two-minute warning. Tag me at BD Peacock. Tag Matt at Williamson NFL. And we'll break down Monday Night Football as well on Tuesday's episode of Peacock and Williamson.